Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe on any and every platform you use to engage with us. Today, we're going to recap and discuss Dead Presidents, a 1995 American crime film co-written, produced, and directed by the Hughes Brothers. The film stars Lorenz Tate, Keith Davids, Keith David, Chris Tucker, and Boucher Wright, Freddie Rodriguez, and Bokeem Woodbine. The film made $24.1 million on a budget of $10 million. And while the movie didn't win awards, it's definitely considered a hood classic. And for some, the subject matter alone would be enough for this movie to be a classic. Uh, but today, we will determine whether it is a classic from the right perspective. We'll do a recap, discuss the movie, and then we'll take a vote using a voting symbol picked especially for this discussion. But we start with intros. Kick us off, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright. I'm the oldest. I'm Janiah Wright. I'm the middle. Hi, I'm Brittany Wright, and I am the youngest. And y'all, I'm going to tell you, I did see Dead Presidents when it came yeah. out, because I remember seeing it in the movie theater. Yeah, I saw it too. But, but I just, I didn't, I didn't remember the details of it. So this really was like me watching it for the first time. All I remembered was the feeling that it left me with, which was mm -hmm. like unsettled. That's all I remembered. And yeah. so uh, go, the fact that we were watching this podcast, I just was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what we're about to get into. <laughs> yeah, because this is the most depressing hood movie that we've watched so far. Is it? I think I... It is depressing. I think it's she might be right. I was like, watching like, I, this I, I would have to really think about, but like, I, it's at least a contender. This was tragedies are commonplace. In totally. movie. And bro, you, bro you, you said you didn't remember it either? There were definitely parts of the movie that I definitely remember. Mm -hmm. But if you were to ask me, like, describe their presidents, yes. I wouldn't have been able to do it. Right. I would have thought I was, was able to. But, <laughs> but I you would have been, been wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Which also makes me go, why, like, when I see movies like this, I understand why they're hood movies but i'm like why are people imitating this movie like people dressing up like them in this mind makeup i'm just like y'all you mean like for halloween is, yeah for halloween and something like this is it's so sad it's know, sad but it's, but, but, it's, but it's still you know it's, like, it's, like, it's <laughs> iconic it's iconic yeah, it's imagery iconic. it's iconic mm. yeah and it's one of those things where it's like I have never seen Dead Presidents before. I remember seeing oh. the end. Yeah, I remember seeing the end of it on like BT or something, but I've never seen the entire in the movie in oh, its entirety before. That's good. And so like watching it, I was like, Why are oh, people, I don't I don't okay, understand. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Let's not relive this. That's I not, get what you're saying. Let's not relive saying. this movie so over and over like, again. When you finally saw what was yeah, the iconic scene, you're like because you've good. seen it imitated in rap videos. You've seen it in so many, like, even just people making spoofs from it. Like, you've seen it, and I'm just like... Well, just but like, I get that. You I know get what? that. But I get it, and I'm like, oh, my God. But it's just like, it's like Scarface. Even though it's a tragic end, it's just the scene that everybody... It's a good movie. Mm -hmm. It is the scene that everybody, you know... Because it's yeah. the same thing when I finally saw it. I'm like, I mean, it's no end... Hey, everybody wants to be this guy. Like, but <laughs> everyone's I like, "That's I nice," and it's like, I "Oh did. gosh, you're right." Yeah, but anyway, yeah. 
But bro, I'm actually really, really happy you made that comparison to Scarface because I will say like Dead Presidents, um, you know, it didn't do well in terms of reviews. The reviews were mixed when they came out. And um, and part of what the reviews were saying was that it it didn't they didn't like the ending because it just kind of um, the stories didn't wrap. You know, they just kind of kept going. Um, and I just, I just know that if this had been a white movie, um, you know, I just wonder how it would have been experienced. So let me, let me give you an example. So Roger Ebert, yeah, Roger, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times, and I'm reading this from, uh, Wikipedia, um, gave the film a mixed 2.5 star review and explained that the directing duo have a sense of the camera of actors and of life within a scene, but they are not as sure when it comes to story and meaning. And here is a film that feels incomplete as if its last step is into thin air. Scene by scene, you feel its skill, but you leave the theater wondering about the meaning of it all. The early scenes were the best according to Ebert and the film goes off the rails in the final act. And y'all, so, you know, I mean, I, you I, know, I read that and I don't, I don't disagree with that, but I also think that it's not a bad thing. It's not a reason why the movie is bad. Exactly. I think it is the, tr- it, is, it is a truthful storytelling to, to when, because the thing about the kinds of stories that are being told in Dead Presidents, this movie is about the ripple effect of things. That's right. And it's about the convergence of systems and and the convergence of like socioeconomic and political things impacting individuals and communities. And so it doesn't need to wrap up in a nice bow, you know? But what I think it was is just that the, you know, critics, mainstream critics could not relate to the experience of just being at the mercy of all the systems and just doing the best you can with all five of the options you have to choose from are not great, you know, but you, just gotta, you gotta just do the best with the options you have. And it was, anyway, it was just one of those things where I read it and I was like, I agree with the things you're saying, but your conclusion makes no sense to well, me. Well, that was one of the parts of the movie I liked. Mm-hmm. I liked, I felt like it was intentional and I don't know. Yeah. But I, I felt like, to me I mean, too. There, were, there were a bunch of, things that didn't wrap up in terms of, you know, like other movies would have gave you a little crawler at the bottom. Like, this is what happened to this. And this is what happened to him. <laughs> yes, yes. But like, Cuba getting but like, Howard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for this, no, he didn't go to Howard. Pretty Where did he go? Went, I think it was Clark, no, Morehouse. And Morehouse, that's right. And, and then she went to Spelman. But, so, but what I'm saying is, <laughs> the, the, Way I felt like this movie was leaving us was like, yeah, here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's totally. messed up because it's a messed up situation. It's a messed up situation. <laughs> so, well, and, let's... and I just and I felt like that was a good, like that's what they were showing. So I, I felt mm-hmm. like that was almost. Well, a... I, in my head, I was like, it did wrap up. The the Black Panther lady is dead. That story's wrapped up. The man that had his hand blown off, he's dead. That story wrapped up. Chris Tucker, he's dead. That story wrapped up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lorenz Tate and Keith David. I don't remember any of these people's movie names. Janelle will get into them in a second, and I'll remember them then. Their story's wrapped up. They in jail. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> but we, we, we didn't, it. I don't we know what you were we, doing. We didn't, we didn't see what happened to Kirby. We didn't see what happened to Kirby. We don't know. Yeah, for a fact, if that's his kid, we don't. You know, we don't know. Like that whole storyline between him and the other that that guy who was taking care of her for you know yes. while he was gone. That is something that in most movies would have definitely ended up in some kind of climax between something. The, yeah. Those two, especially with him not being, you know, him not winning that fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, so like most movies would have circled back to like show that guy, I forget his name, but but show him, you know, getting his comeuppance or something, you know, like somehow. But it was Cuddy, like no. Cuddy played Cuddy. like Clifton yeah, Powell. Yeah, it would have it would have shown. Powell, that's his name. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. So yeah, but and you know what? But it, but I, I love the way you said it, bro. It's just like this situation is jacked up. There you go. That's really what the movie was saying. And it's like the 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 fact that there were no award nom. The only award nomination I could find was um, NAACP Image Award, and it was for the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Even so, I'm I'm just I'm confused about how the movie was experienced at that time, and I didn't have time to go in and see what other movies came out right around the same time and that kind of thing to see what it might have been competing with, mm-hmm. you know. But in general, um, that sentiment of all of the reviews I read, I read a good six, and they all kind of said, you know, the movie didn't wrap up, you know, and it's so interesting because I was like, you know what, let me let me try to find what like something <laughs> another another set of gatekeepers to evaluate this movie and james actually found a list on defendernetwork.com and defendernetwork.com is actually the the website for the 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 newspaper the defender and you know that's one of those black newspapers that been out it was founded in 1930 Okay, so this is the defender. Okay, that we all know from from our 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 classes at 100 black men of Western Pennsylvania. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) okay, so um, they did a list of the top 12 black movies from the 90s. Now, of course, you know this is a look back. It's not like it was written at the time, so it's not a fair comparison in that way. But I will just say the top of their list. Um, is they have Malcolm X is number one, Boomerang is number two, Love Jones is number three, and number four they have is Dead Presidents. Mm, wow. And so it's just a great way to kind of show like, yeah, maybe maybe for like a white audience, you're, you, you're so distant from this experience resonate. of just, yeah, here we are at the convergence of all of this and we just got to keep moving that you can't see that that is the story. That's the story. But you, see, that right there is why in my mind, I'm thinking like, oh, wrapped up. Like I my my wrap up in my mind is there is no way for this to stop. Like That's this a- is happening. And yeah. it's so in my mind, I'm like, oh, the movie did wrap up because he went to jail. Kirby, if he's alive, but I because I know he didn't have anything to defend himself except for that pull stick, that pull stick. <laughs> if he's alive or you know, whatever happened, this is his life and we are seeing a family of a a son who they're watching him go to jail for in the decade after he threw that chair i said oh that 15 is life you're done yeah yeah and so i'm i'm looking i so when i see it i'm just like 
that's why in my mind I'm struggling with like oh it is because this is it we did see the wrap up because this is what happens in these scenarios in these situations because he's not even going to get a chance to see the wrap up mm-hmm. in the movie right that's it like that's he doesn't it. even have that option yeah. and so things, but i see exactly don't always get are, resolved exactly don't get resolved I see what you all are saying though when you say that like i mm-hmm. totally get it but in my mind i just didn't even look at it like that my mind was just like well this is the the that part of the story and if there's a dead president too you know <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get into that escape yeah from, but that was why the, escape from prison but that was why bro, I so <laughs> I so appreciated your comparison to Scarface because you I haven't seen that movie who is what's the name of that movie we watched where the dad got learned from the Muslim in jail what you now? All, the movie where the son went into the foster care system. Well, it's so funny, sis. I have literally no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but you guys, is... you know exactly what, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Remember, they were um, like the, the organized your, gang. Your hints are not good. They were the, no one knows what you're talking about. Gang in the neighborhood. You guys, oh my gosh, you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. it was one of my favorites. Yeah, or, yeah, <laughs> the organized, the organized gang, the organized gang movie. <laughs> it had a great yeah. soundtrack. You guys, the dad w- went to jail. He went to jail. He came out and he fought for his son to keep his oh, son and get his son oh, out, oh, out of mm-hmm. the gang. Bro, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, what? Um, That's oh. a good one. That's a really no, good no, one. No, 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 no. I remember now. It's not, it's I remember not, now. I, remember I can't now. remember the name of it. <laughs> I remember now what you're talking about. It'll no, come your, back. Your we hints did, are we very actually good. Did we Everybody did knows it. what you're talking about. It was, it was it, even though pretty. Did not do a super good job, but I, <laughs> she did bring me. I know what movie you're talking about. It'll come to us once we stop talking. Oh about God! It. Well, but well, it was like, one we actually reviewed. We did. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I remember. I remember. We I remember. Did. Okay. I, it'll come to us. It'll come to us. Okay. I wish you Make both luck. I wish you both luck at remembering I, whatever it is should, Brittany is talking be about. Supporting me and pulling up the content planner as you always do. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the one it's the one that. They even mimicked it in Don't Be a Menace when he was- South Central. I was almost to South Central on the list. There you go. Okay. That's it. It's South Central. So that's how I was like, that's that's a two. Yeah. After he gets out on good behavior. Yeah. Well, you know- <laughs> it would take a little elbow grease, little first That's the president too. Well, I will tell y'all this: there's no way for me to go and back and edit this little part of our conversation so that that will <laughs> come together nicely. I don't okay? want it to. It can't. That it means can't they be should have been listening. <laughs> Listen, these our listeners right it. now are doing the dishes. That's just right. They they appreciate. You know the vacuuming. They got us in the headphones. They appreciate it. Going through envelopes they should have thrown away a long time ago. Yes, you know you're not going to use that. (laughs) Bring me the shredded envelopes. No, you're not going to be using, talking about, oh, I'm going to look through the sales in the newspaper. No, you're not. (laughs) So it's all good. It's all good. So, and what's going to happen is now we're just right back on track. So, we're right uh, back on track. So, this, so now we're talking about we voting should have had a voting symbol. Honestly, everything we've talked about has laid a foundation for, for a discussion the about the voting symbol. Absolutely, that means you do not. You shouldn't been okay. We're gonna see. She's about to give us this bonus. 
I have one to recommend. Okay, if you're new to our podcast, if you're new to our podcast, I want to let you know we always pick a voting symbol that is pulled from the content of the the thing where the content the content that we're reviewing. Okay, and we each have an opportunity to recommend some. All right, I like to get into the essence. I like to go deep. Okay, and really pull out of some critical symbolism from the movie. Okay. (laughs) I do feel like you need to describe how all three of this this part of the podcast is so good. I I I worry that if I was a listener, I would log off every time she was done. (laughs) Well then that was so that was that's my approach. That's my approach. Aubrey (laughs) Aubrey also pulls symbols that are very, you know, explicit. That's what they are. Aubrey generally will pull explicit symbols. She's such a and I will pull implicit symbols. And Brittany doesn't pull no symbols because she doesn't prepare at all. And she's a freestyler. <laughs> Brittany just rips That's in the right. real time. That's right. Okay. And oh man, I got it's, it's some doozies for it's you. Similar, it's, similar, it's similar to bebopping and scatting. Yeah. Which is something scatting. they do in what? Jazz. Exactly. So let's go good. ahead and well, I have one that is actually kind of towing that line, okay? All right. Because be bopping. Well, you know what it's doing is it's taking it's taking one of the really explicit symbols, I think, and just just digging in a little bit. Right. I want to recommend that we use a one hundred dollar bill as our voting symbol. So, of course, like when you think of the term "dead presidents," you're obviously you're thinking about money. Okay, and that makes sense with this film because the the film does reach a climax with a robbery of an armored bank truck. But the term dead presidents, in in my opinion, in this movie is really meant to evoke much more than that. I think it's meant to flag like America's legacy of participation in wars. Okay, Mm. and the toll it takes on service members and their families and communities. Right. All for what? For what? For like, you know, nationalism? What is this? And so I think there's a lot of ways to symbolize like this set of ideas. But the reason I'm recommending the $100 bill is because it had a significance in the film. Uh, Even though it should be noted that Ben Franklin is on the $100 bill and he's not, was not a president. But um, one of the characters that participated in the heist, um, after the heist is over, he starts to hand out $100 $100 bills to members of the community. Yeah. And that actually is part of what tipped off the police yeah. and ultimately brought the whole crew down, you know? And so that, so it is, it, it's the $100 bill, I think could be a good representative of all of those things and point to like that, that central part of the movie where things just couldn't get any worse, but then they did, yeah. you know? So that's my well, recommendation. I, 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 I like, I like it. I like it. And you're right. I like it. And yes, my idea is very derivative, but also good. They're explicit. But I think Would you, mm-hmm. no, Janai, I'm just I'm okay with you dishing me. I, I just want to point out to everybody but in you know, podcast land, I know what's going on. So because I don't want everybody thinking she just dished him. And I don't know. See, I know what happened. It's all about but yes, you know, I will tone. admit. The dead president's face popped into my head immediately. Yes, yeah, iconic. Upon us, upon us doing this movie, because 
It's an iconic thing. About. It is. But I will I will concede in this situation, your idea is better than mine. <laughs> what you got, sis? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Guns. Hair on. Oh boy. Money bags. <laughs> Military gear. <laughs> Cadillac. Actually, Cadillacs would be good. Yeah, money bags is good too. Money bags, money bags or Cadillacs actually would be good. Armor vehicle, I can see it. Okay, the list goes on. You want me to continue? No, no, that's a good. You gave us a good number. That was a good number. And you know what? I don't hate armor vehicle because you know what? That's really what you have to be to to continue to pursue to to try to thrive. When you when you find yourself in the set of circumstances in which these characters, I mean, frankly, these folks were sitting. See, don't don't ruin in, my <laughs> don't ruin my list because that armor vehicle got blown cr- up. Uh uh-uh. But but exactly. But sis, yes, it did exactly. Yes, it did. It's like here you oh, are. You're no. doing the best you can. Okay. <laughs> the creative writing class we don't want to go to. It requires a level of personal fortitude to somehow keep going and still find joy still find love you know and that's what the black community is it's perseverance it's like an armored truck but then what happened at the end of this movie it got blown up by what blew it up ourselves okay i'm gonna cut her off right now because that's a good way she'll she'll keep going but but i'm gonna tell you i think this is one that satisfies all three of us because i also like i feel like the armored truck is um significant enough because that's the scene everybody knows it is from from their presidents but i'm gonna also say i'm gonna get a little in between all three of us i'm gonna get in between Brittany and janiyah mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, say mm-hmm. the armor truck was the everything led up to that armor truck moment and everything after was as a result of what happened that's right that armor truck that's right so really that was a because Think about it. Everything led up to that. Them doing that. Totally. All their stories converged there. That's right. And after it, the aftermath was everybody. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So yeah, I could go with yeah. armor truck. I like yeah, it. I, I like armor truck. I'm like down with that, sis. I've been making genius decisions since '85. See, and then she takes it too far. And that's just what I'm talking about. You right. can't even give All the right. youngest. You can't even give the youngest no props. You really can't. You can't get the youngest no props. You really can't. You can. No, no, because as soon as you say, "Well, I'm but glad you... someone is finally recognizing my genius," <laughs> like, see, you can't. Anyway, I oh think armor truck is armor good. truck. Okay, so at the Thank end you. of this podcast, dead presidents has to receive three armored trucks in order to be considered a classic from the right perspective. It could get zero, one, or two and not be a classic. It has to get three in order to be a classic from the right perspective. Mm. Now, normally y'all, we hop right into our recap after we get our voting symbol, but I, I had to I had to just pull a little bit of, of his history for us because I don't know yeah, y'all. enjoys homework, so she creates it for herself. <laughs> That's what's happening. It's true. It's funny because it's true. But you know what? The backdrop for this movie is the Vietnam War. And I I know I didn't really 
understand the Vietnam War. When I think of the Vietnam War, I have a sense of the general sentiment of it, of mm -hmm. how divisive it was, you know, for Americans. And, and I know how horrible it was in terms of the repercussions for uh, veterans. But I just feel like for the sake of this podcast, I pulled a little bit of info, just a skosh of a info okay. from history.com. Right, it's just a skosh okay. about the Vietnam War. Because the first thing that shocked my mind in Channel 9, y'all, was this war went from 1954 to 1975. Did you hear that? And the US, the US was involved from 1954 to 1973. Y'all, that's that's like that's twenty years. Mm -hmm. So long, and I I didn't realize that. You know what I mean? And just think about that twenty years. And so that part I didn't. And yeah. then someone sitting up here saying that the judge said to him that wasn't even a real war. Well, yeah. tell that to the people that suffered through it, or you know, yeah. and died. And so here are a couple of. Of pieces from the 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 Vietnam you know war entry on on history.com this is I just pulled a couple of paragraphs from different parts of it to just get a general sense out there so um the Vietnam war was a long costly and divisive conflict that pitted the communist government of North Vietnam against the South Vietnam and its principal ally the United States the conflict was intensified by the ongoing Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Union. More than 3 million people, including over 58,000 Americans, were killed during the Vietnam War, and more than half of the dead were Vietnamese civilians. <clears throat> Opposition to the war in the United States bitterly divided Americans. Even after President Richard Nixon signed the Paris, the Paris Peace Accords and ordered the withdrawal of the U.S. forces in 1973, communist forces ended the war by seizing control of South Vietnam in 1975, and the country was unified as the Socialist Republic of Vietnam the following year. In the United States, the effects of the Vietnam War would linger long after the last troops returned home in 1973. The nation spent more than $120 billion on the conflict in Vietnam from 1965 to 73. And this massive spending led to widespread inflation, exacerbated by, worldwide, by a worldwide oil crisis in 1973 and skyrocketing fuel prices. Psychologically, the effects ran even deeper. The war had pierced the myth of American invincibility and had bitterly divided the nation. Many returning veterans faced negative reactions from both opponents of the war, who viewed them as having killed innocent civilians, and its supporters, who saw them as having lost the war. Along with the physical damage, including the effects of exposure to the toxic herbicide Agent Orange, which one of these characters was exposed to, or, or faced that was a victim of, millions of gallons of which have been dumped by U.S. planes on the dense forests of Vietnam. So just had to pull out those facts, y'all. So we have that context as we go into the recap. Oof. You know, this was this was it's this was lot. something horrible that was happening. And this movie is about the black community. And we know that anything that happens to a people, the marginalized groups within the, that group of people always gets the worst of it. It's just the math. That is just how it goes. My friend always says the rich sneeze and the poor catch a cold. It's true. 
It's true. And this is now there's so much, there's so much research that has been done to document that. It's just the facts at this point. So let's get into our recap. Dead Presidents begins in the spring of 1969 in the Bronx, right again in the midst of the, the Vietnam War. The, a group of friends have just graduated from high school, including Anthony, played by Lorenz Tate, Skip, played by Chris Tucker, and Jose, played by Freddie Rodriguez. Anthony decided to join the Marine Corps instead of going to college on student loans, as his parents had planned for him, because he just said he's tired of school. Skip heads to Hunter College, adamantly opposed to being a part of the war, uh, but when he fails out of college, he ultimately does end up voluntarily enlisting. Jose is the only one that doesn't go willingly. He actually ended up getting drafted into the war. So all three of them end up being enlisted. While enlisted, Jose becomes an explosive expert, but his tour is cut short when he blows his hand up while on active duty. He ends up back in the Bronx, married to his high school sweetheart and working at the post office. Skip finishes his tour, but unfortunately, he contracts a mysterious illness from his time at Vietnam that they don't really explain in the film um, because it seems like Skip himself really never got a good explanation, mm -hmm. you know, but we know from history and context that it was Agent Orange and Skip ends up in his coping addicted, addicted to heroin. Anthony, who's actually the primary character that the film follows, ends up serving for four years and a special recon squad. And he has what one might consider a successful run in that he returns to the Bronx without the apparent physical damage that Jose and Skip have endured. But he is plagued up mentally and emotionally. He has nightmares about it from his time in service. He struggles to find a job. And generally he is struggling to maintain relationships. And, and it's really too bad because it's like of all the characters, he kind of returned to the best support system. You know, his he had his middle-class parents there. They were trying to relate to him um, and be present for him, but they couldn't. They couldn't. How do you say to someone, what have you been up to for the last four years? And the answer is war. That's a tough conversation to try to have over dinner. You know, and before he left for war, Anthony had impregnated his high school girlfriend, Juanita, who's played by Rose Jackson. She was very happy to welcome him home, but... The years of his absence had clearly taken their toll on her. You know, she was doing the very best she could in a really difficult set of circumstances, you know, including like raising his child um, on her own. And so between his trauma and hers, the relationship just implodes. And um, the real trigger for the implosion is like when um, Anthony gets laid off from the only job he could find. He had been trying so hard to find a job and he had found a low paying job at a butcher shop. So all of the friends, in spite of having served their country and being willing to work, are feeling completely desperate. And they hatch a plan to rob an armored bank car, a bank truck along with a few other friends, including number one, Kirby, who's played by Keith David. He's a local kind of small time hustler that was like a father figure to Anthony before he left for the war. Delilah, who's played by Mbouche Wright. Um, she's actually Juanita's younger sister and she's in college and she's part of a revolutionary group. And Cleon, who's played by Bokeem Woodbine. He's actually a guy that Anthony and Skip served with in Vietnam that was clearly suffering from significant emotional issues while they were serving. I mean, he really <sighs> seemed quite homicidal, uh, but he had come back home to the Bronx to follow in his father's footsteps. And, um, you know, he became a preacher. 
So they embark on this heist and the heist was well-planned. And frankly, it might've gone smoothly if two things hadn't happened. Number one, a random beat cop just happened along on the scene, a random cop. And number two, Anthony and Jose, they end up getting spotted by the driver of the armored vehicle. You know, so a bloody shootout takes place. You know, uh, the cop is dead. Okay, Delilah and Jose are dead. Kirby gets shot. And at least three of the four armored guards are dead. You know, might've been all four, you know. Kirby, Skip, Cleon, and Anthony divide up the $300,000 that they got away with. And of course, they're going to ensure that Jose's wife and kids get his share. Um, And they plan to lay low for a while. And y'all, I I did a little look at what $300,000 would be equivalent to now. $300,000 in 1968 is equivalent in purchasing power to about $2,593,448 mm. today. Wow. So y'all, they had $2.59 million in spending power in terms of how we think of money today. Mm. Yeah, That's how much they got away with. And frankly, they had their hands on more than that. Because they had two bags of money, y'all, when the police got him. You know, so they 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 really almost had even more than that. So, um, you know, it's so of course the police are on the hunt. Okay, they're trying to find out who did this. Unfortunately, Cleon, who who just is almost like on a, a self-sabotage kick, he buys a Cadillac and he starts giving away a hundred dollar bills in the community. And when the police arrest and question him and question him, he gives up the rest of the crew. And the police don't get skipped though, because he has died of a heroin overdose before they even get to him but they do get kirby and anthony the last time we see anthony he's on a bus to prison to serve 15 years to life for this crime and we can assume that kirby and cleon you know probably suffered a similar fate the end yeah so yeah back to the reviews as we were talking about earlier yeah it's just like a a cluster of really, really difficult situations. And at the end, was everything just like, you know, clear in terms of what would happen next? No, mm-hmm. because that is exactly how life is, mm-hmm. you know, for, for and, and that, and that, that was, that was, that was the truthful ending, which is that, well, we're just going to see what happens. That's right. Going. You know, every day we're just going to keep going, you know, so y'all, whew, that you know, well, that was the review. We can vote. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the yeah, no, but honestly, just listening I, to the recap. But honestly, but, uh, but re- honestly, I'm yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the you know, I've I really, I think one thing that because I looked at the reviews too mm-hmm. after because mm-hmm. I was just curious. Yeah, and. The audience reviews are higher than the critic, the gatekeeper kind the, of reviews. The reviews. Okay. Um, and I also think that this is one of those movies I think is appreciated for me better at home while I was just, I don't know that I would have really, when I was in the theater, this is a more heavy like movie. Mm-hmm. Like so, some movies you want to go see in the theater, you know, like yes. first time you see Bad Boys, that kind of thing, you know, like there's movies, but this was one, it's like, 
when you're at home watching, you're like, man, this there is a lot of stuff. Pause. Yeah, like mm-hmm. like there are we, there are you know we talk about um, Brittany talks about how there are movies that could spawn off other movies, and there's like ten other movies that could just man spawn totally. off from this one movie. You know, you're, you're like even the dude who ended up getting beat up with the pool cue, who um Terrence Terrence Howard, Terrence. Played, like that was a whole. That could be a Listen, whole story by itself. Like, like, I wonder what's going on with that. You know? Him and Cuddy, because <laughs> Cuddy was his boss. It's like, that's His name was Cowboy. Another... The character's name was Cowboy. Yeah, Cowboy, Cowboy. Played oh, by God. Terrence Howard. Yeah, I feel that like that could have been a whole, whole other narrative. Cuddy and Cowboy. That could, that could you know, mm-hmm. that could be a whole. So, I just think maybe that might have had something to do with maybe the lack of overwhelming success at the time. Again, we don't we don't really know, but I'm just saying I feel like it's one of the movies when you focus, you can really um, I think oh, I'm sorry. No, you can really get at least a sense of how deep all these stories are. Yes. Yeah. The it's hard to pinpoint something right for this movie to even start off um with a discussion because it was so heavy but if we get into the main character who is Lorenz Tate um Lorenz Tate character Anthony if we get into Anthony you see him you first seen him while the movie opens up with the end but you're just seeing the beginning of the end uh and so Anthony's character, you see him as, you know, this young guy. They're delivering milk, which I was just like, okay, in the 60s, we were delivering milk out here. And um, it's before school, and they're going to be graduating the following year. And there are three of them talking about, which is um, Skip and uh, also Jose. And so they're having this conversation, and Jose is like, I, you know, he's... He has just like a, I'm going to have a job mentality afterwards, but he's like, I don't want to get drafted. Like he's very clear on that. He doesn't want anything to do with it. Skip is like, I'm going to college. And then you have Anthony who um, is like, I want to see the world. I want to travel. I want to do these things, do something different. And he is looking at the military as a way to have that opportunity. Mm. not knowing what was about to be in front of him. Mm. And Brittany, can I please mm. uh, did you have more? Because I you you I wanted to testify on that point real quick before <laughs> are you brother. staying on that point or you yeah yeah go go no because yeah. I'm just saying I felt like because what you just described I feel like that's an important part of this movie of how they were showing how there were a bunch of different circumstances that all led to this, them being in the same place. Mm-hmm. And, and like, it's like, no matter how you were thinking, a lot of people ended up in the same place. They were trying to go different directions. And it was just like, the world, the system was just created. Like, so they all ended back up here. in the same place. Mm-hmm. And I also thought, and I don't know if this was intentional, but Vietnam was a war that, I don't think many Americans 
really know what was happening. Like, 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 like if you ask, and I could be wrong on that, but but I'm saying a lot of times it's like you know about the vets and what you know how dangerous it was and things like that, but you don't know about like you know in World War II we're fighting against. It's a clear enemy. You know what I mean? Like it, it, you know exactly what's going on. Why when it ended? You know what I'm saying? What 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 ended it? And even though you know war is terrible in general, I'm just saying you have some idea of the narrative. <laughs> Vietnam is one of those things where I felt like people was just over there, and I and I felt like that might have been an intentional choice in the movie because they never talk about what was going on over there. Like, like all of the people who were over there, they're just going over there. And when you talk about Anthony's, the dichotomy, just being in that position where you're trying to do something good, but within you trying to do something good, you might be doing something bad. And then other people are seeing you as doing something bad and you're coming back from doing something you were told was something good. And everybody's reacting to you. you. Not everybody, but most people are reacting to you like you did something bad. Right. But on the other end, you did do something. You went through something. And I just can't imagine. I'm just saying, I just love when you were talking about that because it's like, yo, all these people started from different places, but they all ended up messed up it was almost like the game was fixed so and I'm it is, it, that, bro yeah. thank you for saying that the game is fixed i mean when you think about it so what we saw in terms of the options that were on the table for anthony in particular before he left it was like the path his parents wanted for him was the path his older brother had gone which was to college and there's a point where the mother kind of says you know yeah you're going to go to college on student loans with the student loan program well she said um, financial aid uh, well, we know what financial aid is, well, you know, for the most part, well, you, I mean, know, for, yeah, I, you know, you know, and again, yeah. I think if it was scholarships, she would have said scholarships. Okay. When oh, we they were very purposeful with their words in this movie. Very purposeful. And so I was like, you know what, you know, as a person who still has student loan debt looming over me, I, um, I mean, if he had chosen well, that path. Giving loans back then? I'm, I'm just. I didn't. Was that started by then? Good the, question. Because I, I, that's what I didn't think. I didn't think the student loan thing yeah. happened until after. Well, that's a good. question. Are you talking about the GI Bill, or are you talking about? No, I'm talking about loans student loans as a okay as, as a, a thing. thing. Mm -hmm. I, I, I thought that happened. I'll, I'll look it up while Janai's talking. Well, the the general point is like going to school on student loans as option A and going to war as option B. These are just these are two different setups. You know, and there is one where your life is at risk. Clearly, much more than the other. But these are these are these were still two paths where they were not going to be leading to an, an apparent um you know independence or an apparent an apparent um you know freedom you know and so i thought it was really interesting that that was the two options he was choosing from 
you know, and I, I um, I thought nineteen sixty five FAFSA originally came from the nineteen sixty five Higher Education mm -hmm. Act by there President Lyndon Johnson. Y'all getting movie reviews and information here. What, what else? You, what else? And you, I, this is just a Google search, so there may be something more accurate out. But that, but, the, but those are um, our parents. That's what our parents would. I mean, and when we were growing up, I mean, yeah. certainly they were very focused on us getting scholarships, and our parents in particular, yeah. very focused on us getting scholarships. We were working on that from elementary school, trying to get ready for some college scholarships. It says here the first federal loan program, the National Defense Student Loan, now the Perkins Loan, was created in 1958. Gotcha. So okay. I just wanted to put that out there as well. Okay. So so it when when the mother was referring to financial aid, it was very likely a loan-based yes. yes. system. It's yes. likely. Likely. No, yeah. I, I feel like it was almost I, I just I feel like it almost definitely was. Mm -hmm. I, I just in that moment, I didn't know it was like some pro because she was talking about community, you know, like a smaller college. So I didn't know if it was I thought the decision was between walking the like normal path like his brother did, which was another part of the movie. We don't know what happened to him, but I thought it was deciding between what his brother was doing like normal and doing something different. That's what I thought he was. I think it was that between. too, bro. I think mm -hmm. it was that too. I think yeah. it was that too, you know? Like status quo for our family was. What did we all do? We all right. went to college. We right, went right, to right. some loan papers, you know? Right. Um, and so I think you're I agree with you, bro. It was between like whatever his family status quo would have been and him doing something different. Mm -hmm. And that status quo that comes to. along with this other set of handcuffs, these other set of shackles, you know? Yeah. And I'm not comparing um being enlisted like sure. going to war with having student loan debt sure right. but i am right. just saying he right. wasn't choosing between two super great options right right, right. is what i'm trying right, to say right. that's the point right he said to his dad he was like i want to go to the military you tell me about all the great things that have you said it helped you become a man he was like i want to go to the military i want to become a man you know i want to that same thing and it's like there's a I, you could tell his father's face. There's a sense of pride, like my son wants to be in my footsteps, but you know what's the other parts of it, and also what war did his father serve in? Because it could have looked very different, you know, from what he experienced in the Vietnam War. Um, especially based off of everything you said, sis, that was that was unique to um those set of years. Yeah. that were happening so mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. there was no way for his father to like even maybe prepare him for that possibly you know and, and, I, and I also think also think there's a there's a rose-colored glasses view of things that people share with people you know if you're talking Ooh, with your everything. children yeah if you're talking with and and you know <sighs> and i you know i and and i will say like there's a um there's a there's a and I'm saying rose-colored glasses, but it's really a lack of wanting to deal with sometimes the complexity of a thing. And so I could absolutely see a scenario where the, the father in telling his story of being, you know, enlisted, but focusing on the positive parts, 
You know, do you want to raise your children telling them the horrors? Now, I think we all know that res the responsible answer would be to give some balance of the pros and cons. But I also know experientially, I'm just thinking about how our parents talk to us. We definitely got the rosy color view of things. You know, there are parts of like, there's stuff that went down in our family that we never talked about. We never talked about. And now we we grew up, we got, we got grown and started to put pieces together. Like, oh, there were some shenanigans afoot. Okay, but nobody dealt with it. You know, we had people in our family that had mental health challenges that were apparent. Did our family deal with that growing up? No, they didn't deal with it. You know, so the I could just see the father, had he had probably a storytelling about his time. But I also know from researching the Vietnam War that the Vietnam War was the first American war in which its troops were fully integrated. Okay. <clears throat> and so whatever war that father was in... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 he was I, not having a top-notch experience. I like okay. to. I like to offer. I, I didn't feel like, and it, this is just for discussion. I, I didn't feel like he probably gave Anthony. Uh, I don't feel like he necessarily made him think it was a positive experience, because what he said was, "You told me the word made you a man," and I don't feel like he probably didn't give him like it was all you know, rainbows and you know, like, but it was something he came out of and it did make him a man. Mm -hmm. And and what I saw on his face was I felt like what Brittany just said, he had that whole conversation in his head when he was just not saying any of it because mm -hmm. I felt like he just understood what was happening. It was like, my son's going yeah. like, yeah. like he's going. Yeah. So I can either, I know him. I know where my head was when I was him and he's going. So mm -hmm. I can either, cause the look on his face is like, yeah, if you, if you come back, it might make you, you know, man, like, yeah, if you come back, you're going to be forced into something different if you come back. Mm -hmm. But this is a reality. You already said it's your life. It's something that, so what else can I do other than support? You know what mm -hmm, I mean? So that mm -hmm. that's kind of how I felt like mm -hmm. it was in this. It's like, there's no way for me to describe to him. I, I'm a hard-headed son. So I know, how, like, if you're dealing with a hard-headed son, like, telling him not to do, that's just not going to work. So it's like, what can I do? I just got to support him and hope he comes back. That's kind of how I felt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Sitha, I love that you got us started here really thinking about the Anthony character, you know. And I feel like we've talked now about his home life. You know, he had two parents that were clearly professionals. They were clearly in a middle-class experience. Uh, again, older brother had gone to college or was in college at the time. Um, and that was the trajectory they had for Anthony. The other thing you talked about, this was his friend group, you know, and then there's another component of Anthony when he was growing up, which was um, he already, because of circumstance, had to do a little bit of hustling, you know, he had um, become, you know, I, I, I'm going to say a mentee, okay, maybe mm -hmm. that's the right word, to, um, you know, a local, a local businessman, 
Okay. <laughs> Kirby. <laughs> well, shout playing. out to Keith David. He is a businessman in all the movies he's in. Even when he was he's the good at business. Or, uh, he's good um, at business. In Princess and the Frog, he was the the man uh, <laughs> <laughs> that turned him into a frog. Keith David, I know you're probably very nice in real life. But all your characters are a little shifty. <laughs> they all are. You do good at shift. You do good at shift. <laughs> yeah. And I got to say, he's, you know, he's a, he's one of those well-known voice actors, too, because his voice is like, yeah, so, so distinctive. It's so good. So distinctive. So good. Effortlessly, too. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. But so, but that 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 was that's an important part of who Anthony was, okay? Because he was running numbers on the side while he mm-hmm. was in high school, you know, um, doing a little bit of hustling at the pool hall to make a little extra cash. Um, obviously, also working in the milk delivery, as, as Brittany was saying, doing some milk delivery. So this was a guy that was already just doing whatever it took to try to be, be successful in mm-hmm. his circumstance, okay? And we saw that mentality of what do whatever it takes to be successful in my circumstance he took that with him into the military you remember he described his coping approach he was like i you know he was talking with his friend skip while they were you know overseas in the in the war zone and skip is like trying to talk about life back home and real life and and anthony shuts it down and he says you know what the way that i am surviving out here is to pretend that none of that exists I have completely compartmentalized things. And he essentially says, like, all I'm focused on right now is what it takes to live day to day here right now in this experience. Um, and so, again, it was that same mentality of, look, what, what does it take for me to be successful right now? Then he comes out of the military and he's again, he's willing to do whatever it takes to be successful. But there are no options. He wants to do whatever he can take. He cannot find a job. Okay, the only job he can get is with this. It's it's like it's with the butcher. Okay, and he's like helping out. It's just like he just he's willing to do whatever it takes, but there are no options. And that's you know, you know that's what I really liked. Well, one of the things I liked about his character was that I wouldn't say he was a great guy. He was just a normal person. Yes. <laughs> like he, he was. Didn't, he, didn't have this, he didn't have this great integrity that just, he's just like, look, man, I'm trying to figure it out. Okay. Like, because I feel like if he would have came back and if it was a good job, this wouldn't have been a very interesting movie. <laughs> like, you know, and then he started working at the plant and now it's 30 years later. We're you know done. Did and, he, and he owns a little house and he has some grandkids. It was, but it was just like, I'm just a normal, I just am trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that way, it's not like he was like this amazing, unrealistically great person. So you understood all of his decisions. Absolutely. It's not, it, it's not like they were the best decisions, but it's like, I get it though. You know, yes. like I, yes. I, I, I get what he was, even when he went back, to the to Kirby to try to do some more hustling, you know, like because he went back to Kirby after the um after he got back after trying to find a job, you know, doing trying to even went to Kirby like, well, can I do some level of hustling where something. I can run numbers or do you know do something? He couldn't even do that no nope. because you know Kirby had 
running the problems, paying off police, doing all this kind of all this um all running in all of these circumstances that was making him just try to have to figure stuff out. So I'm just saying I've really enjoyed that about the character. It wasn't, he was just, I feel like everybody could identify what there was no moment where you're like, oh, why did he do that? Like, like you don't never. You, you never always like understand that. his rationale. Like, yeah. yeah, I can see how you got yeah. there, bro. Because I can even, see how you got there. Because even at the end, when like or, or nearing the end where he decided, well, not the end, but when he decided to rob the, you know, rob the truck, that he just gets laid off. You know, this is the guy. And he has a second baby on the way. Second baby on the way. And they're talking about, they were talking about his drinking, but even that, you're like, yo, you're seeing it's his bloody corpses every time you close your eyes, you know, and like, you you almost respect him for and fighting And then you're at that. work with bloody but, meat. Brittany, oh. chopping skulls in half. That's not going to be, but you're fighting through all of that with just a little bit of drinking. You almost give him props. Like, totally, like, totally. Like, that ain't even hard liquor, boy. You mm-hmm. you push it through all of that with some beers. But I'm just saying, and then you come home in that state, just feeling just like degraded in every way. And, every way. And, and then this dude, he's bigger than you, and he's richer than you, and he's walking away from your house. Like, yeah, you I know, was in there seeing your girl. And then at the end of that, your daughter. And okay. at the end of that, you stand up now. You're you just made it back from Vietnam. We saw what he been through. This ain't no punk. But you get beat up down at the bottom of the steps, and you just and you know, then you got any kind of beat up, bro. He hit him one time and all his free meat. His groceries free meat. All his over free groceries. His free meat. It was a because dis- he ain't got it, no money. He and it was and it was and it was like it was like packaged in first of all, it was a sneak attack punch. Okay, that was the first thing. Second of all, it's packaged in this general, like verbal onslaught of just disrespect and diminishing. You know, and it was just like, man. I mean, you know. And then all the guns, you all the shots you survived, explosions, all of that. And then you got some random dude from the projects with a gun in your face. And this might be how your story ends. And then after all of that, you got your woman cleaning you up from the beatdown you just got from the dude you don't like. And you're arguing about the money that you do need that they just, that he just gave you. And it's like, She's emasculating you, but also just saying, like, look, what you want us to do? We got rent. It, it was just, I, like, I'm just saying, they did such a good job. You understood why he finally was like, look, let's rob this truck. Yeah, what yeah, it, tru- it, tr- it truly was like, you know what? And there was another thing about that scene we were just talking about where where um, Cuddy, you know, was beat, beat Anthony down. There's a point where Cuddy has a gun in his face and, and Anthony's like, just kill me. Just kill me. Just do it. And like, I, I felt do it, do it. Totally. I felt in that moment that he he really meant that. It was almost like, yeah, set me free from this. Just kill me. Fine. Yeah. You know, if, if that's one of the options on the table, just take it. You know, because he was just in such this hamster wheel of just trying and trying and trying and just not 
just just not being able to get out, get off the the spin, you know. That's, that's so interesting. In that in that moment, I felt like he was pulling Cuddy's card. That's how I felt. I felt like he more knew Cuddy wasn't going to do nothing. Mm. I felt and, 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 and yeah, I just I, yeah, but but I'm just saying. But yeah, I see I what like, you're saying though. I, I, feel I see like, what you're saying. I, but I think I think it's probably more, I see what you're saying. saying that it was all of that. Was, I see what you're saying. And I, yeah. I also think that Anthony is the kind of person that would never take his own life, but would also, but also is ready was, to die. I think he was just he, and again, he would never go willingly. Right. You know, in terms of like you saw he was on those front lines, he was being but he strategic. It was, you know, because if you it, know, just, she was, yeah. it just feels like he's the type of guy that was just going to work as hard as he could. Bro, you said it earlier. He's just a normal guy. Like, just trying to like, uh, this is this is the, the, the black man experience out here. It's like, I've got these options and my plan is to thrive. How do I get to thrive from right here? That's all I'm trying to do is get to thrive from right here. You know something you all are saying they did visually, and I don't know if it was Lorenz Tate and his acting, which he is an amazing actor. He did such a good job. Um, um, but he something his act his character did, he would never fully cry. You would mm. always see a tear in his eye representing the sadness, but he would never fully go there. <sighs> So the first yeah. time you really kind of so good is because so he and his girlfriend, they have been knowing each other since high school. They're high school sweethearts. She's like, I'm going to wait for you. He's like, you don't have to. And she's like, but I am. And then so, <laughs> you know, you see that sadness in their eyes because he's like, what if I don't come back? Like mm -hmm. He's talking to their because that's a reality. He may not come back. Yeah. There's some sense of Anthony that has always been like, I know this life is not forever. Mm -hmm. um he's and rational he's incredibly rational. rational and he thinks about a lot of things and then you the first time you're really seeing him seem a little sad is that them leaving and him you know it and the, i love how they transition him he's running through people's yards getting away so her mom doesn't see that they were they spent the night together at her at their house um but it immediately goes into him being in war so you're seeing this transition from him being this little boy running out of uh, his girlfriend's house. So he doesn't get caught. So he doesn't get caught. And now he is running through the jungle in Vietnam. To try not to die. To try not and to, to die. Try, and to try to, to, try and to champion his country. Well, so he got, so the first death that we see Anthony see um, is his platoon member that had gotten shot. And you, this is where you're starting to see the, that one tear that's in the corner of his eye. Then later on, you have another one of his platoon members. And you guys, it may not be called a platoon, but that's what it's going to be called today. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you I may think, see. I think the platoon is right. Though. Is it right? I think, I think that's right. We know what you're talking so, about. There was one of the platoon members and they are, he goes to go to the bathroom. And I'm, there's a rule where it's like, you have to go with someone else. But this particular platoon member, whenever he goes to, to go to number two, he doesn't like anyone to be with him. And so he went, but he has been a long time. But they find him and they, the other, the uh, Vietnam soldiers, 
they have basically gutted him and they cut off his penis and they put um they put his penis in his mouth and so he's sitting there basically like how he's even still alive i have no idea and so he eventually that platoon member is like just kill me i don't want to go home like this i don't want them to see me like this and Le- uh, anthony makes the hard decision to go ahead and kill him uh to to for his friend he said to him i would do it for you mm-hmm. and so he kills him and that really, that's that a... tear mm-hmm. that yeah, I mean, you're... it's just one tear no you're you're mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're talking like Brittany, Lorenz, you talked about a bunch of stuff right there, but the two things, the acting, he led this movie, first of all. And like- He did a great job. And, a great and, and that, it was a great performance. And I felt like, like that scene, he had to do so much without talking. So in so many different parts and you just feel, can you imagine how he's a normal guy but how strong he is. He's just carrying all of this without even busting out onto a full cry. It's like he, mm-hmm. it's like everything gets right there. Totally. But then he just leads his it it is just, just and he, ha- it. he has that subtle that subtle acting that yes. is just so good uh, in so, so many different it's parts. So good. Because you see people who go crazy in those moments and you also see people who don't give you enough but when you see those people who it's like they're acting as if I'm holding back but it you can still see all the emotion there the other one was y'all were talking about the scene where he gets beat up by Cuddy which Cuddy only hits him one time and he falls down the stairs yeah. Yeah. and he has that one tear in his eye mm-hmm. when he's like, if you're going to shoot me, shoot me. And then you even have when the robbery is happening and the woman dies, yeah. which is another one of those iconic scenes that people, I've seen them imitate in terms of, you know, Halloween and stuff like that. Um, you see that same one like yeah. tear in the yeah, corner just that of emotion, the just eye. About, <laughs> it's like it's about to bust out, but he just but he doesn't always contain it. Mm-hmm. He did absolutely beat up um, Cowboy, which Cowboy had that coming T- five ten years in the making, and I was happy they gave him some outbursts. That mm-hmm. if, if we had never seen it bubble up, so true. it would have been unrealistic. So true. Unrealistic. And he strangled his girlfriend. Um, his pregnant girlfriend. He strangled her as well. Mm-hmm. And so and you know, it's crazy because that. even in that scene where he strangled her, he was still hold he was still using restraint in some capacity. Another so there, there another scene where we got to see him react, you know, fully, um, was when he was being sentenced by the judge that was played by Martin Sheen, um, because in addition to Martin Sheen sentencing him um, to fifteen years to life for the crime, Martin Sheen 
takes a tries to take away from him the one thing that he can hold on to related to his experience uh in war which is he did it for his country you know it's like it's something that he was that clearly he's clinging to okay that there was some nobility in the horrors that occurred my part in it and what happened to me Right. There was some no mobility, no nobility in that. Okay. And and Martin Sheen's character, that judge, he basically says that um because all of this has occurred, because this crime has occurred, you know, um, uh, it means that 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 Anthony is not is not um a military person worth his salt. You know, and that was the point where he was just like, okay, you know what? He throws a chair. This like to be a person that literally puts on the outfit that is supposed to represent this country and then to come back from war where you've been risking your life and again, killing people and to come back and not have that country rise up to support you and help you. It is like, like, I mean, it just to come back and not be able to thrive. It just, I I don't know how you make sense of that. You can't. You know, and there was an article I found, um, and since earlier when you were talking about what could be the sequel to um, to, to, to Dead Presidents, there was a movie that actually came out in 2020, um, and I think it was a Spike Lee film called The Five Bloods, and, um, and it is about um, Black Vietnam veterans, uh, you know, it's so basically the, the, the premise of the movie is the new Spike Lee film debuting on Netflix, you know, June 12, 2020, The Five Bloods captures this continuing struggle, meaning the, the struggle of Black veterans, depicting four Black veterans who are filled with resentment and trauma as they return to Vietnam 50 years later. There, they attempt to find the body of a brother in arms as well as buried gold and reckon with their complicity in an immoral war that wasn't ours, as one of the characters puts it. So it almost is the it almost is the continuation. Yeah. But, I will, but I will tell you the reason I found that movie uh was because it's it's in this article um where I was just trying to find like some recent documentation of like, you know, uh, you know, just like a summation of the experience of black veterans coming out of Vietnam. And there were some really interesting little tidbits in this article that was actually on time.com. Okay. And it's called as Defy Bloods hits Netflix, Black Vietnam veterans recall the real injustices that they faced during and after the war. And so this is a good article. Oh, it's a good article. And, and I reckon it's on, it's, it's on time.com, y'all. I recommend everyone. It's not too long either, but it really, really, I love that it is the general storytelling, but it's through the voice of the, the voices of veterans. What's better than that? You know, to hear it from the people. And so I wanted to read a little bit about, um, you know, what they came back to. So in the early 70s, the U.S. limped out of the war, meaning the Vietnam War, and began sending its troops back home to a country that was in many ways unrecognizable. Fashion, movies, and music had changed. Black uprisings had occurred in cities from Detroit to Baltimore. Activists like Angela Davis and writers like Toni Morrison were forging incendiary new forms of rhetoric. And race relations were no better than when they left. Um, and then they start to recount stories of literally just not being able to access the services that they were promised veterans would be able to receive. 
Um, Post-traumatic stress disorder, which had not yet been recognized by medical institutions, occurred in Black communities at a disproportionately high rate, according to a 1990 study. And there's a character named Delroy Lindo uh, that's played by Daryl Delroy Lindo in Defy Bloods, where he um, there's a character apparently that really embodies the untreated PTSD. And I got to say, that's what we were seeing in Anthony. That's what we were seeing in 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 Joe. That's what, in Jose. That's what we were seeing in Skip. We were seeing this post traumatic stress disorder go untreated. But I wanted to read you this one quote from a gentleman named um, Job Mashariki, who is actually a veteran who started an organization that specifically um, supports Black veterans. It's called, the organization is called Black Veterans for Social Justice, okay? And he said, so then they're saying, when desperate veterans turned to the U.S. Department of Affairs for help, many were denied basic disability claims. Quote, white counterparts got their same kinds of needs fulfilled, but when Blacks went to get their benefits, the counselors didn't have time for them, Job Mashariki, a veteran, says. It got to the point where they just said, whatever I'm suffering with, I'm going to continue to do that, instead of going to an institution that's supposed to be servicing me, but disrespects me instead. Anyway, the article is just full of these stories of like, they did their part. They went and fought. And you come back and I can't even get the support. I can't help. I can't find a job. Nothing. You know? And it was the article just goes on to talk about like, literally, in, and I will just say, we didn't see it in the film, but the experience in the Vietnam War for Black veterans, it was not good. Okay. In Vietnam, they were disproportionately sent to the front lines, jailed or disciplined at a higher rate and promoted less often. And again, upon the return to the United States, they were presented with menial job opportunities, denied support by Veterans Affairs, and received very little empathy from their own communities. And then, just like they said, and they over here burning money. And I can't yeah, I mean, I just can't even imagine <laughs> yeah, what that would be like. That line. And to your point, sis, about the PTSD piece, there was um, years ago, I was an AmeriCorps member for the Southwest Mississippi American Red Cross. And while I was down there, I was fortunate enough to be the service to the armed forces for that area. And they, in that area was a large VA. Um, and that was in Jackson, Mississippi. And that VA, I was able to meet a ton of amazing people and learn so many things because you hear things, but then when you actually see when whenever I the fact that the word homeless and veteran is a thing still blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the things that I got a chance to see while I was there was a documentary that they had made over some time. Um, and it talked about PTSD and it helped individuals who are civilians who don't really understand what that means or how that is um, in a documentary called Invisible Scars. You guys, I had that DVD. I don't know where it's at. Uh, the words of uh, my ancestors, it sprouted feet and walked away. Uh, but I, I found it. 
online. And so it's an amazing documentary, The Invisible Scars, and it really helps you to see what families go through because not only is the family the person experiencing it mm-hmm. now their family is Say that with them as well and mm-hmm. so in this movie they represented that yes they um, did with anthony's girlfriend what was her the character's name Dee Dee? juanita juanita so juanita she did played by rose jackson juanita did an amazing job she gave us a sense of what happens when someone has been you two have been living separate lives on the same planet right and you now have this situation where it's a crash I can't tell you about my experience because I don't even want to talk about it for myself I don't want to hear it myself and also if I tell you about it you're not going to understand it you're not going to get it you weren't there and you don't, you don't you want have, that in your head anyway and you that's don't want right. it in your head then you have this person's like, well, how are you doing? What's going on? You seem different. What, uh, what? You're not the yeah. same person you were uh-huh. before. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah. You darn too. Maybe. You ha- and then you have the responsibilities of life. Rose, uh, she got pregnant again. Um, Juanita got pregnant again after they reconnected. And so she was clearly, um, I think, a nurse's aide. And then after uh, you become five months pregnant, she said, her character was like, I am not going to be able to work anymore and you don't have a job. So now you're, it's a pressure you're placing on him, which in a normal circumstance, quote unquote, it would probably be like fine in a sense of, okay, (laughs) I need you to get a job. But this is something that is different that is happening because there is a completely complex level to what is going on with him she was a very i felt a very interesting character as well because she's um, great acting great acting it was yeah. great I, and, and that's, that's one so i don't think well. there was any weak points in this cast at all but what i wanted to say about the juanita character is that it was interesting to me that i felt like they were both at a place where it's like this is over now we can get on with life. Like, I felt like they were both there. And that's just not what happened. And even though Juanita was saying some things or doing some things that were like, you might feel like it's insensitive because you got to see the part of the movie where he had to kill his friend after his friend had his penis put in his mouth. Like, you saw what he was dealing with, but... At the same time, you understand what she was saying. It's just like she's just describing what everything that happened to you is true, but we're also in this circumstance, you know. And, and I'm just saying, I feel like the movie did such a good job of giving this us the breadth of this subject is too big to capture in a movie, and I feel like they weren't even trying to, which is why. Like in the beginning of the conversation, we're like, yo, this is just a snapshot of what was going down. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's messy. But I'm seeing all across from her to everybody else, I just feel like the acting was solid. I feel it, like it totally yeah. was. It totally was. And you know, and they did they made some interesting choices with that Juanita character. You know, when he first came home, 
she they could have written her so that she was upset with him because he didn't write back. That's right. She wasn't in touch for four years. She wasn't upset. And I feel like normally that's what they would have done. They might have done that. But but I, I also know that we what was happening was there was so many Anthony's around. There were so many black men coming back in the state of of you know post-war you know, emotional and social mayhem that it would have been impossible not to have a level of understanding at that point. And so I think like, yeah, he came back and she was like, all right, she was here. Let's go from here. You made it. Let's go from here. She she was ready to give all that grace. All she said was, here's your daughter, you know? And then, um, you know, the reality is though, just as the, um, the people who were in the military were promised a certain life when they get back, you know, that promise was broken for her too. You know, he mm-hmm. thought he'd be able to find a job. Yes. And okay. so here she is, she had been doing the best she could, you know, they let us see the quality of life that she had been living was not great. And if they had a little bit of help, that, that, that was the other thing that was tragic is that this couple, I feel like if they had a little bit, you know what I mean? Like everybody, like, everybody we encountered in this movie was willing to work hard and do something. So true. But it was like the options on the table were just not great, you know. And it was just like losing option A or losing option B. Which one do you choose? And then once you get there, it's another set you got to pick from. Then once you get there, it's another set you got to pick from, you know. And actually, um, just to take us to another character, um, the sister Juanita's sister. Uh, Delilah, right. mm-hmm. who was played by Bushy Wright, her character, and again, there's just so many ways that you can react to this kind of, again, this convergence of like social and political shenanigans, okay? And some Black people were so outraged by all of this that they were they were actively protesting against the state of things in America, but particularly the war. And um, and Boucher was, I'm sorry, Delilah was a part of a a revolutionary group, okay, that was about to get some things straight, okay, and they were getting themselves organized, were getting themselves trained, and I really appreciate that they included that character, because it was another way that people were just reacting to like this, this oppression and this powerlessness. I think we should totally go to Skip, y'all, because... He had a very interesting arc as well. You know, Skip, he started out, he was ready to go to college. And we find out that he flunked out, you know? And I I hate that for him. But 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 I was happy they did it from a story perspective because yeah. imagine you tried path A, it didn't work. What else did he have? He didn't have many, like what else could he choose? There were no jobs. So he went to the military voluntarily. He didn't have anything, any other options. So he now is in the military. He's clearly not well suited for it. Somehow he gets out. He makes it through and he is going back home. Are his benefits there to support him? Is, is Are the veterans help, societies helping him to find a job? No, none of that. None of that's rising up to meet him. And on top of that, he is sick from Agent Orange. Even though he got something, it wasn't, he was killed over there he didn't even know so it's totally, like okay totally. you gave you this 50 benefit but it's 
Is it really? It's not. Is it really? <laughs> you know I mean? And not. also, and then you think about you think about the 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 horrible stereotype of black men being on public assistance and not not working. You know, of black people being on public assistance and not aspiring and not trying. This is a perfect example of like he, this. It was his only option. What else was he going to do? He was literally sick. Then we find him. He's coping by becoming a heroin addict. There was no point in the, in the movie where I felt like the acting was weak. Mm -mm, I, I didn't feel like, and to kind of, because Brittany also talked about when that scene where he was running on the, through the backyards and it transitioned into him running, running on the front in the lines. jungle. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt like this movie had some really good cinematography as well. Absolutely. You know, they had some really cool scenes some of the scenes in the apartment, like after he came back and he was interacting with his wife, it was almost like they were, or his girlfriend, I don't know if they got married, but but it was like they, um, it was almost like a play, almost the way they framed certain scenes and like yeah. how she was sitting in the dumpster and you got to saw the half, you know, it's like you could actually see her in there at the end when she's holding her guns and and you know, about to jump out, like, and the, even I'm in the beginning, going through the pool hall. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. It was, yeah. it was, it was almost I was Spike Lee. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I wonder was, if that's the first time it happened, and then Spike Lee did it, or is Spike Lee stuff before his. I don't know. No, I think Spike Lee stuff came out before the president, but okay. but it wasn't full Spike Lee. You know, Spike Lee's thing, yeah, like full, but it was definitely. It almost looked like. You know, he just smoked a little butt. Like, he just, you know, floating through, trying to... And even in the beginning, I normally don't like watching credits. But visually, I thought the way the money was burning, it was just very well done. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying, in addition to the acting, I feel like the I cinematography... Mean, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's so good. I, it, that part when they were in Vietnam and the camera went to each member of the platoon and was shown yeah. what each one of them was were doing. One, mm -hmm. um, one character good. I don't want us to forget is um, the Cle Cleon or Cleavon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cleon, who was played by Bokeem Woodbine. Yeah. Woodbine. Um, his character Woo! was very, it was sad watching him. Yo, and I, he, I felt like he was crazy. He was, I felt I, it. You felt that he should have won an award. And they had been sorry. over. I think him and his colleague have been over there for like 10 years or something. So can you imagine every day for 10 years, you're seeing this? Yeah, you're doing what he did, which was his colleague took the belt off of one of the Vietnamese soldiers they killed. And was like, oh yeah, I got a general or whatever mm. they were called. Oh, he was like, I, I officer. He was like, I've been, he was like, I'm keeping one of these because I've been wanting to get a, what is, what is it called? Like a token, a token of an, of an souvenir. officer. Souvenir. souvenir, that's the word. Well, listen, we on one of one too. And, but his souvenir was a little different. He went and chopped the head off of one of the Vietnamese soldiers that had died and was carrying it around in his bag. Letting it rot, but calling it a good Letting it charm. rot. His story, though, was that he was a son of a preacher. 
And so you're getting that in and of itself as three people who are grew up in the church as the, in the first family, that story in and of itself has a completely just. I love that they did that. Of that just the depth of it to who his character was to go from growing up this PK to now you are carrying around heads as souvenirs. Mm-hmm. And then to then go and see him years later and he is in the front of the church preaching. Full circle. Full circle. Mm-hmm. The crisis of faith that a military person must go through is a whole other movie. Okay. Yeah, that, could be, like, that could be another one. It could totally be a that whole other be a, movie. That could where be it's another. like, it's yeah. like, what does right mean? What does faith mean right now? How does logic and faith like interact here? How do they how do they interact? You know, and so again, that did 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 that Bo Keen Woodbine play that character? Yes, he did. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 okay. I, I would say I would, I would say Lorenzo definitely carried this movie as a lead as he should have. But I would say number two was. Bo I King. think you're yeah. right. Yeah, I, I think did, Bo like King me, would be number two, but they were yeah. all up there. They were all, everybody was great. Everybody. But, but I'm just Tucker. saying, to Brittany's point, I'm just saying that dude played that role. Like, oh, he played that like, role. He, 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 he played that role. And it and was he, nice seeing every, there's some other faces I wasn't expecting. Like Isaiah Washington, mm-hmm. Jennifer Lawrence. I wasn't expecting Jennifer, Jennifer Lewis. Who played Lewis, Lewis. the mom? Um, Anthony's mom played Miss Curtis. James Pickens played Mr. Curtis, played the yes. dad. Um, Brittany was just saying Isaiah Washington played his brother. Um, and I'll just read out a couple of the, and again, t- as we said, Terrence Howard played Cowboy. Um, Elizabeth Rodriguez played Marisol. She yeah. was the um the high school okay. sweetheart and then wife of Jose. Um so you know, there were there were just a lot of really great performances here, and I'm going to tell y'all this is actually a great segue to the music. Okay, and actually, this movie had two soundtracks. They had Dead President soundtrack, which came out in '95, and then they had Dead Presidents Volume Two, which came out in '96. And I don't know, I hadn't heard of that before. Have either of you all heard of a movie releasing a second soundtrack back in the day? Yeah, there were a couple of movies who had two. Okay, okay. I think New Jersey Drive had two. I I feel like there was a couple. Okay. Well, they had some good ones. So on the first one, they had, if you want me to stay, Sly and the Family Stone, Walk on By, Isaac Hayes, The Payback, James Brown, I'll Be Around, The Spinners, Never Never Gonna Give You Up, Barry White, I Miss You, Harold Mevin and the Blue Notes. Get Up and Get Down, The Dramatics. Don't Worry, If There's a Hell Below, We're All Going to Go by Curtis Mayfield. Do Right Woman, Do Right Man, Aretha Franklin, Where is the Love, Jesse and Trina, Tired of Being Alone, Al Green, Love Train, The OJs, The Look of Love, Isaac Hayes, and then they okay, have the I wondered if that was on there. Yeah. <laughs> and y'all, I don't know about you all, but I remember certain times where some yes. of those songs were playing. Oh, yeah. They did an I mean, amazing job matching them up with the scene. Yes, they so, did. There was one little thing, and I don't know if I was reaching or what, but the look of love, I sent you all the song, the look of love by Isaac Hayes. Um, it has that dun dun, you know, that's it's so oh, it's so good. But later on in years, Ashanti has that song Rain on Me, and she mm. samples that. Mm. And in her video, her music video Rain on Me, Lorenz Tate is in 
that music video. And so there is a part in the actual movie where Lorenz Tate is in the window looking out and that song is playing. And I was like, and I think it's raining outside. I cannot remember now. And I was like, wait, did they... Did they do this on purpose? Mm. Did they know they had this sample then asked Lawrence Tate to be in this? Oh, we got movie? to Google that. We got to Google <laughs> that. Because I was like, so the, I'll read Dead President's volume two. Um, some of the songs, I got the feeling James Brown, keep on pushing the impressions, smiling faces sometimes, the undisputed truth, right on for the darkness, Curtis Mayfield, just my imagination of temptations, cowboys to girls, the intruders, never give you up, Jerry Butler. I was made to love her again, Stevie Wonder. Man, oh man, I want to go back, the impressions, when something is wrong with my baby, Sam and Dave. We, the people who are darker than blue, Curtis Mayfield. Oh, I love that song. Ain't that a groove, James Brown? Y'all, you know, these and songs. I, and I the thing is, Stellar. so, so good. many of these songs, um, because Jay-Z also sampled that song that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and there mm-hmm. are so many of these songs that have reverberated through music. Yeah, through absolutely. Music. Absolutely. I, I, you know, through samples and just um you know feeling it, 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 but i'm just saying you can see just the music how this music has roots in the whole community it's just a representation just this, this is like just like this movie showing you the, this impacts mm-hmm. so many things that the, the music parallels that in a great way and it just really brought you in to feeling like you felt like you were watching the time. It really didn't feel like they were acting. It didn't feel like it felt like you yeah. were watching the time. You were really able to get immersed. Yeah, and 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 bro, you gave me an opportunity to give one last bit of trivia before we start to wrap up here. Um, which is you're talking about why like it, it felt it felt so truthful. Well, Dead Presidents is based partly on the real life experiences of Haywood T. Kirkland, mm-hmm. whose true story was detailed in the book. Bloods, an oral history of the Vietnam War by Black veterans, written by Wallace Terry. Certain characters from the film are based on real acquaintances of Kirkland, who served time in prison after committing robbery in face paint. The film is also loosely based on several incidents involving the Black Liberation Army, notably the Brinks armored truck robbery. So listen, like it felt so truthful, y'all, because it, it is, was. it, it is. is the truth. Yeah. And, and, and it's wow. so, and just back to just full circle to back to, to where we started at the top of this film, that this, you know. That makes the symbol even better, by the way. <laughs> oh, yes, it does. Our <laughs> armor truck. Back to where we started, you all. This is um, a perfect example of why you know, it is a complete setup if you, as a Black person, want um, mainstream, you know, white culture to validate what it is you're saying and doing. Because they just, it's just, there's a very different set of experiences happening. For anyone to look at this movie, uh, Roger Ebert, and say that it just didn't rap satisfactorily. That was just his opinion. But 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 have an opinion that so I, and I, I I'm saying his opinion Man, is valid. Glad you ain't in this room right now. I'm saying it's <laughs> valid for his experience. 
Okay, I go. Yeah, I got That's it. what I'm saying. I'm not uh, trying to take away the validity of his opinion. Gotcha. I'm what I'm saying is it is valid through his lens. I got you. But it is also completely invalid through my lens because it is like, what are you talking about? I this is the you. vicious yeah. cycle mm. that we're all in. And that is why we need the NAACP Image Awards, okay? Because that's the point. It's like, we have to be able to say, you know what? I get it. You told that story. Yeah, the now. BET Awards. The yes. BET Hip Hop Awards. Totally. Um, what is we need we need thing. our gatekeepers yep. we need our gatekeepers we need gate we need black gatekeepers who are who are who have the money who have the decision making power who have the authority and then on the other end can evaluate and give analysis you know absolutely maybe that's a great segue for us to to see is this movie going to be a classic from the right perspective yeah. are we ready to vote <laughs> yeah, take it I, away bro yeah absolutely I, I really enjoyed this movie when I saw it was long. I was like, oh, this is going to be a while. But I didn't really feel it. It didn't feel short, but I felt like there wasn't nothing that I, I felt like should be cut out. I felt like this was an epic movie. It covered a long period of time, and it had to breathe in every part for you to really feel the impacts of every part. So um, it's not nothing I would pop in on the light. No. Mm. But yeah, it definitely, uh, their presence definitely gets my armor trick. Absolutely. I found the movie to be so satisfying yeah. in that it just felt like these characters were just so real to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah now I'm like, yeah. man, even the pieces that I couldn't personally relate to, I know someone that I can think of mm -hmm. that, you know, it reminded me of people I know and all, all those characters reminded me of people I've known and situations and circumstances that I have personally experienced or been very close to. And so there was just something so true in it that was just super satisfying. The other thing that's unexpected is how this movie has sparked now an interest in me and really better understanding specifically the Vietnam War and its impact on Black people, you know? So yeah, definitely. I, I got a call to action from this movie, I guess is yeah. what I'm saying. That's, that's awesome. The classic for me. I love that. Well, I will say um, this movie does get my armored truck um, because it was, there was no point in the movie where I was like, is this over yet? I appreciated them showing nuance in this movie because it's a, it's a moment where everybody's response is correct. And it's also showing you a moment where you don't always know what to do and there is not always people don't always know what to tell you to do you don't know how to be in these moments and so you're trying the best you can to do the best you can that's it and um I just thought that that was very present I also appreciated um how they threw truth in but they didn't slap you with it, right? So there was even just a time where Skip was describing to Anthony what was going on in the neighborhood. And he just made a quick statement. He was like, yeah, the white folks are moving out. And it's just a reminder of white flight. And so 
it was showing this type of flight and then what begins to happen to these neighborhoods where your education is forgotten, your food is forgotten, your health is forgotten. You just even having a playground, the children were playing on mattresses around fire in a place where a building used to be. Even just children having simple fun things like a safe playground to go to, you don't have it. So with all that being said, and from all we've already discussed, I this again, this movie absolutely gets my armored car. Well, there you have it, everyone. Uh, Dead Presidents is a classic from the right perspective. Thank you for joining us, everybody. We are just so grateful for your support, bro and sis. That this was a this was a tough one. This was a tough one. But I loved this. I loved this conversation, bro and sis. So Me thank too. you for that. Dude, I All love right. Y'all. Thank All you, right. everybody. Love you, guys. Love you. Love Bye. You viewers. Bye. Bye.